It's your girl, Marisa, and you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. What's up, Heard That Nation? Y'all have asked, and you've asked, and you've asked, and it's finally open. The Heard That With Marisa online store at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I got the merch. Finally happened. Swaggy tees, amazing hats, other kinds of different merchandise that I got on there. Check it out today. Thank you for supporting your girl. Uh, Fill up a shopping bag with all kinds of stuff. Give away as gifts or keep it for yourself. All kinds of amazing swag and merchandise. Check it out today. Heard that with Marisa.com. I appreciate your support. One of the amazing things that I love to do with my time, I love working out and serving in the community. And through that time, I have met some amazing people and I have met some extraordinary kids. And the one thing, believe it or not, that kids love and ask for is books. Because many of them I found that they, they absolutely love reading, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I am so proud that I've met an incredible man uh, by the name of Trevor Romaine, and he is an author. He's an illustrator that has the most amazing, amazing literature for kids and for educators and for teachers, as well as parents. You have to check out his books. You have to check out his digital downloads. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. If you go to TrevorRomain.com, uh, T-R-E-V-O-R-R-O-M-A-I-N, no E at the end.com. Check out all of his materials that he has, all his books, all his literature and digital downloads. You can save 15%. All heard that listeners. If you check it out, save 15% at the end of your checkout. Use the code heard that H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T and save 15%. You, I'm telling you what, it is some of the best materials out there that can help children and families become happier, healthier, and more confident. So use the code heard that save 15% off at trevorromaine.com today. What's up, Heard That Nation? Listening in the United States and around the world, you are listening now to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. If you're watching right now on YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you stay in the know of every new episode and every guest that I have on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a quadruple, if not more than that threat when it comes into the music industry. He's a singer rapper, dancer, producer, a multi-instrumentalist in the funk legend George Clinton's 420 Funk Mob. He's worked with various artists as well. He's worked with various artists, should I say. I'm so excited to have him on. I can't even talk right. <laughs> well, Amy Winehouse, Rihanna, Alicia Keys, Bruno Mars, and so much more. When I tell you that his resume of music speaks for itself, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm so honored to have Brooklyn's finest. Brooklyn, stand up for your boy. Right now, Law, Planet Law, welcome to the Heard That Podcast. Oh, man, that, that's the intro if I never heard one. Thank <laughs> you so much. I'm humbled and I'm honored to be here. It's been a long time coming. You know, we've been in the realm of the short term, but it feels like a long time with you because we've known each other in the same circles. But mm -hmm. thank you so much. I've made it here. I've been waiting to get on this show for the longest. So I appreciate you so much for just even having me. Thank I'm you. I'm so glad that you said yes. I started a little backstory. I started following you and your journey when pretty much we were all on lockdown in 2020. And a wonderful, amazing person that I respect as far as teaching the music the way it should be taught. Christian James Hand had... Uh 
Yes. Dude. All day, right? The respect that I have for him. And he was on a show when I first started out in podcasting. And what he does with music and what he does with songs, he breaks them down step by step so that yes. everybody gets their shine. And he teaches the elements yes. of Excellent. what Excellent. the ears should be hearing in, in, instead of just what, you know, a song that passes by. And so he had always gave you a shout out. So I'm like, okay, he's got a cool name, Planet 12 Law. Like, who is this guy? Like, Law, let me check him out. And so I started following you on Instagram and I'm like, man, okay, the energy that you give to every performance that you have, Law, like, it's unparalleled. I, I have such a profound respect for you because you'll have people that will have a concert and then there's people that have a show. And literally yours, there's a difference, right? There's a show, yours is a show. Like you got people on their feet, the energy is unparalleled. Um, every footage that I've seen of you performing, rapping, singing, dancing, playing your instruments, we'll dive into that in a moment. I've not seen one person sit down because you be bringing it hard to the stage. I want you to talk about your background because you come from a rich, rich history of music. Like literally, I think that pretty much you came out of the womb singing and dancing because who you're related to and who you're linked up by is absolutely remarkable. Talk about that and uh, just let everybody know how your musical journey started. Well, I mean, when you talk about the musical journey of Lawrence Taylor Worrell Jr., that's my full name, mm -hmm. AKA LAW, then you have to talk about my incredible legendary family, the Taylors and the Worrells as well. So the thing mm -hmm. is that um, the first rock star rebel of our family, the patriarch who's no longer with us, my incredible grandfather, the late great Sam Bluesman Taylor, known for his work with um, Otis Redding, his best friend, Joey Dean, the Starlighters, Etta James, um, Bambi, mm -hmm. the guitar player, songwriter. And then, of course, he's mostly known in the funk music and hip hop department because of his work with BDT Express, Do It To You Satisfied mm -hmm. and Peace Pipe. You know, he wrote those songs and played on them. And, you know, the song that he wrote for BDT Express, um, Everything That's Good To You Ain't Always Before You contains one of the deadliest guitar riffs in the history of funk R&B. And how do I know this? Because DMX, EPMD, Jay-Z, they all sampled that one record that my grandfather wrote that was never a single for BT Express, but became mm -hmm. popular thanks to sampling. So my granddad is, is the ultimate teacher of all of us. My mother, Sandra Taylor, um, first time, um, first place Apollo Theater winner back in 88. Um, my legendary uncle, Bobby Real Deal Taylor, um, known for his 13 wins at the Apollo so much that they had to retire him off. And one of my more iconic cousins by the name, who y'all know is Cheryl Pepsi Riley from the Full yes. Force Army. That's my, that's, my, that's my blood cousin. So I grew up around the environment. My aunt, my mm -hmm. aunt Lois, you know, I started off in her band, Eternity, before I started making my moves to work with the people who I would normally work with. Um, mm -hmm. My legendary gospel uncle, the Reverend Charles Taylor, um, who Sissy Houston, Whitney Houston's mother mentions my uncle in her book. So, oh wow! Yeah. So this is yeah. This is this is the, this incredible. is the realm I'm coming from. So pretty yeah. much my fam my family was my Juilliard for music. If that makes any sense. Every section oh, that's so good. had had a variety. Of course, my mother. Mm -hmm. I learned about the divas, Patty, mm -hmm. Shaka, Aretha, Donna, Natalie Cole. You know the ones that we always mm -hmm. talk about in arguments or in debates or who's better than who or who had this. And then, of mm -hmm. course, but my mother was also like my grandmother, very heavy, because my first instinct musically, of course, I'm from the church. I'm gospel. I'm Baptist Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. So singing in church was normal for us. You know, Tremaine Hawkins, right. um, the Winans, um, Clara Ward, you know, the, um, Dixie Hummingbirds. You know, I came up in mm -hmm. the environment of the old ship of Zion or Jesus on the main line. I, I grew up in that environment. Right, right. I'm from that environment. So right, the right. difference with us growing up in church was that my family, we were open to secular music. So as much as I love, I love Shirley Caesar just as much as I love Patty Austin. You know what I'm saying? So for me, yeah. there were no barriers in our house. That's what made us from the, from the average church family. There were no barriers. My, my, my oldest sister, Nephi, who's, who's really my cousin, but she was more like an older sister to me. We were the mm -hmm. only two black kids in our class in California, but we listened to New Wave, the Go-Go's, the Romantics, Flock of Seagulls, 
all the 80 synthesizer human league um you know what's the, um um Carmen Juju that made that song too shy like we were into all yeah, that yeah. yeah yeah so that so that's what I'm saying so I literally was in the 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 whole the whole environment everybody in my family has something that I had something I can learn from my uncle Bobby mm-hmm. who won 13 times his whole thing was stylistics all the groups the dramatics the falsettos the all yeah. the Motown stuff, the Stevie's, the Marvin Gaye, Lionel Richie, who would later become, you know, one of my my best friends, you know. So it's, it's kind of interesting. But long story mm-hmm. short, that's to know me and to know why I am who I am to so mm-hmm. many people. But this law, the, the the musician, the singer, the rapper, the historian, it all comes from the fact that I had the advantage of having a pretty famous family that rooted me. They didn't force me into this in this way of life of music. I literally. Yeah. The lack of truth. I love sports. You know, my brother plays sports, but he loves music too. So the thing about this is that, as much as I love sports, I didn't love it more than music. So, because mm-hmm. you got that. I mean, that was so well said. You sit. You come from basically uh, a Juilliard of music yeah. because of who you had and who you were surrounded by, and and all the incredible people that had influenced you. So from each of those people that had been in your life and then all the artists that you had mentioned, how did law come together? Because you take a little bit of funk, which thank you, by the way, for keeping, I, I put you in the the element and the realm of keeping funk alive. Because many people think that funk oh, is just Parliament you. and George Clinton and you know eight track cassettes, and then that's it. You know what I mean? I, I, I love me a good vinyl. Love me an eight-track cassette if they came back. I, I'm from the one of the cassette tapes. I'm a 70s girl, you know what I'm saying? So everything, the music was bigger. It was louder. It was it was in your still speakers. Got CDs. Look, CDs. I still got, I still still got, got CDs. I still have my, I still yeah. have my Sony Discman, my Sony Walkman. Me too. You know? I sell none right. of my stuff. None of my, because those the people are like, oh my God, those are vintage. No, they, they're, they're relevant as they are with all the technology and stuff. Because it reminds me of the roots of music and where it came from. And so people that are true fans of music and true um, connoisseurs of the history of it. You are that. And so how did law, like you took bits of funk, soul, rap, jazz, and and how did that, all of that form into the person that I am sitting before right now? And then part of uh, the other question is, when did you start performing? And, and, you know, knowing, you know, once you, had self-discovered who you are and your musical elements, when did you start when your first performance was? Okay, well, let's go to the first question. I mean, the combination of how the whole Planet Soul concept began, because it, it had a lot to do with the coming of my name as well, because um, first of all, shout out to my older brother, Castino Chip, a legend in his own right. You know, my mm-hmm. older brother representing Marcy Projects as well. Um, you know, the home of Sean Carter, Memphis Bleak, and the whole, uh, most of the Rockefeller guys outside of State Property. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the thing was, is that I came at a very serious crossroads in my life only at the mere age of 10. Because keep in mind, all this music was happening. My first professional gig, I was actually seven years old because all these different influences, courtesy of my family, were coming together. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, without question, the Jacksons, Michael, of course, Marlon, <laughs> all of them, all six brothers. Yeah. Um, Prince, Stevie Wonder, Jimi Hendrix, James Brown. And even though those are all my first primary influences, the thing was is that they were all adults. So even though, of course, as a six-year, five-year-old kid, I'm, I'm loving this stuff and I'm watching it, mm-hmm. it didn't make sense until these five guys from Roxbury, Boston came along by the mm-hmm. name of New, New Edition. Edition. So seeing, seeing kids, even though they were older than me, but they dressed like me, they looked like me, they're from where I'm from. You know, that, that first part of Candy Girl where they walking down the train steps going like this, because that's mm-hmm. me and my brother. Like, that's literally how we looked. Right. And we would dance, and we would dance anywhere. And because we were all pop lockers and break dancers and shit like that, it mm-hmm. really had a whole car response. So it made me even more excited. But what made, what, what made it even more exciting for me, that was my first show. So when I actually went to go see them live, Mm. And they were doing covers in between all the original songs, like Cool It Now, Mr. Telephone Man. Yeah. They would do Prince, I Would Die For You. So I'm just like, oh, shoot, they like Prince too. Because you got to remember, at that time, yeah. there was a social war going on. Because it was all mm-hmm. like, who like better, Michael Prince. I'm like, I'm not comparing the two. Because first of all, I learned from all of them. And at the end of the day, 
they're both disciples of James Brown. So at the end of the mm -hmm. day, they all took a cue from that and put their own stamp on it. Yeah. So how I became that for me is because around that time, I had been doing a lot, a lot of talent shows, a lot of dance competitions, winning, whether it was singing and still singing in church, but then now mm -hmm. I'm outside battling people rapping wise and stuff like that. So I would literally go from singing in church and then as soon as church was over, my friends would be like, yo, Lord, this kid Jeremy wants to battle you. I'm like, what? Okay. And I would literally go from being a church kid to coming outside to have to mm -hmm. battle somebody at a dance, dance off or a rap off. So yeah. at the same time, I was still doing shows with my mother. I'm singing with my mother and my family now. Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not even 12 yet. So on two opposite ends, I had on, on this left side, I had my peers. Yo, Lord, you a beast with that rap stuff. Blah, 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 blah. He said, yeah, you know, the singing thing, I'm not really into like that. Because you know how, mm -hmm. guys, you remember at yeah. that point, hip-hop hip -hop took over the landscape. And of course, me being part of that generation, it got a hold of me too. So mm -hmm. my thing was just like, yeah, you can rap, you can rap. But you know, the singing thing is kind of weird for me. On the flip side, my elders, my mothers and my auntie's friends, you know how they talk. You know, you know, you know how aunties talk. Yeah. You know, you do that singing and dancing, baby. I'm like, no, I ain't talking about rap. <laughs> that's that's kind of noise to me. But um, when you do the singing and dancing, you 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 just you look just like Michael and James Brown himself. So right. <laughs> at that point, I'm getting torn between two worlds. Yeah. And in the middle of all this chaos, there's my legendary uncle Tony T from Austin, who played mm -hmm. for James Brown and Cool in the Gang. And that's how I discovered the realms of what we call funk. Mm -hmm. Because all they had was Commodores, Ozzy Brothers, Ohio Players, Cameo, Gap Band, um, Maze, Mars Day in the Time, um, um, Slave. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they had all the, all the stuff that we know when it comes to funk music, Grand Central Station, Sly mm -hmm. the Family Stone. Like I, he had everything at that particular point that I was really slowly getting into. And of course, without question, definitely Earth, Wind and & Fire. And oh, Palm absolutely. And Delic, which, 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 which adds to the story. I'm going to tell you how that all comes together. So now, on the flip side of all this, personality-wise, I was your normal, very eccentric, but still hood-as-hell kid. So for mm -hmm. me, it was a balance of my worlds being coming together with my love for Marvel Comics. Carl Sagan is my favorite writer. Mm -hmm. Star Trek and Star Wars was everything to me as a kid. So yeah. science fiction was my thing. I was already deep into that stuff. Mm -hmm. So here I am, I'm approaching 11 years old. I'm in the thick of what I'm doing prime-wise. I'm getting all these influences. And my uncle turned me on to jazz fusion. So now I'm getting into jazz now. Anita mm -hmm. Baker's Rapture album pretty much became the go-to jazz basics for anybody who didn't know about Miles Davis or Stanley Turretine. Like right. that began the opening. So I began doing my own research. And then plus I lived across the street from a public library. So mm -hmm. anything that I didn't know about, any name that I just came across, oh, let me go, let me find, let me find out who this is. Right. This is before computers, dog. Computers was here, but it wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't as easy as it is today to find information. You had to go to the library Get research, to find yeah. information. Because mm -hmm. computers at that time, they were just built for games and a lot of this other stuff and da da da. So it became that. So then it hit me. Hmm. My uncle Kevin always said, man, Lord be on his own planet, man. He just planet. Hmm. I never thought about it that way. 12 is my favorite number, mm. and there's 12 notes in music. Not to mention that the letter L is the 12th letter in the alphabet. So here Ooh, I am okay. putting this all, all right. together. Yeah. And then, and then I said, okay, we need acronyms. Because you got to remember, I said, how am I going to package this stuff? What, mm. what could be a possible name for it? And then I discovered the Parliament Mothership Connection album, which featured a very skinny George Clinton in his prime on a UFO mm -hmm. in outer space. But on the back of that album cover, he's in the hood. If you look at remember the album. Yeah, okay. Space All right. is in the hood. Yeah. I'm like, that's it. That's that the, tied that's it all together. To together. Wow. I'm out of this world musically, yeah. mm -hmm. but don't get it twisted. Because you got to remember, guys who are nerds or or into NASA or, or into the whole science fiction space, Scientology thing or whatever case may be, they were considered weirdos. Now, I never mm -hmm. problem with being a weirdo, but I had to let everybody know. Yes, I have my weird moments, but I'm still very much normal. I still love quarter waters and potato chips. And if you disrespect me, I will smack the shit out of you. Don't, don't be stupid. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm that guy. So that, yeah, yeah. so that was a way of letting them know because keep in mind, George Clinton is from Plainfield. They hope mm -hmm. you. Cider, all the parliament members, the main parliament members that are not from Maryland or other places, the right. core of where parliament started 
was in the hood. Plainfield mm-hmm. is the hood of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Besides East Orange and West Orange. That's all hood. So it made sense. Planet 12. Planet 12 law. And then I said, okay, what's law going to stand for? Because now we got law. My brother was the first one to call me law. Not Lawrence. He's always like, yo, law, come here. I'm like, okay, it's a cool name, but let's, let's make it an acronym. Okay. Lyrical assault weapon. Why is that? Because I never lost a rap battle. It's to be like, yo, that boy's a lyrical assault weapon. He just keep coming at you and, and tribute to my my five, my top five favorite MCs. Coogee Rap, mm-hmm. Big Daddy Kane, mm-hmm. um, LL Cool J, Rock Him, and Redman, and did for good measure, add Moni Love in it. You know, Moni Love is known for her rapid spitfire rhymes, like, like Jazz O, who taught yeah. KD. Mm-hmm. Same thing. So my thing was that I was known for my attack level of rock, and I never lost a rap battle because of it. So it's lyrical assault weapon. Mm-hmm. But I still love to sing. I kept on singing. So me singing, I figured in my mind, if I keep singing, I can do this because the girls like when I sung. Right. Girls like when I rap too, but the girls really like when I sang and dance. Mm-hmm. And I was already getting that kind of attention way before I got in the industry. So I use it to my advantage. I'm like, well, shoot, if they like the way I sing, then maybe I should sing that. So what? Yeah, Law, because you know, you love all the girls. That's it. L-A-W, loving all women. That's my R&B side. Yeah. So then last but not least, Law. It's the first three letters of my name. Your name. Mm-hmm. So put that all together, and it's Planet 12 Law. And the rest is history. That's that how it so, all... Yeah. Gosh, that is so profound. Especially the gem you dropped out the back of the album, of uh, Parliament's album, and how all of that came with the Planet 12 Law. See, now I want to go and get the album and check it out, because I'm like... I meditated. While you were talking something. about I, that, I'm like going back, and I'm going... When I, oh, when I discovered... Oh, wow. I remember... I'm gonna tell you why it's profound because mm-hmm. you gotta remember, I'm an 80s baby, 90s teenager. So keep in mind mm-hmm. that by the time I started understanding music, the George Clinton that me and all my friends knew was just Atomic Dog. We didn't know about we want to, we didn't know about that stuff yet. Yeah. Now, of course, when I got with my uncle and then I would go and travel to certain places where my mother was singing, the DJs would always play the older stuff that's a decade before me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that the same guy that made Atomic Dog made Flashlight. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's the same people. Same, the same reason why I thought Celebration and Ladies Night, I didn't realize he's the same guys that made Jungle Boogie and Can't Get Enough of that funky stuff. I'm like, oh, is that the same corner gang? Mm-hmm. So basically, nobody had to teach me. I put everything together mentally. I'm like, oh, so this is them before they had a lead singer. So JT Taylor came in and brought it in for my era. They brought the smoothness to that R&B because the, the music styles were changing at that point, as we know. Mm-hmm. Funk was changing. Yeah. It was the same funk that we had known before. Now they was adding a lot of pop stuff to it. A lot of funketeers didn't like it, but mm-hmm. the new people that was getting into music, they loved it. So, um, yeah. so Parliament Funkadelic for me, when I discovered the Mothership Connection album and the first Funkadelic album from the Westbound era, I put two and two together. I'm just like, I meditated on that album. Make My Funk, the P-Funk was my theme song for at least a good five months because everything that George was saying, it got into my conscience. I'm like, when he said, um, when he said, um, I'm the mothership connection. We have returned to creating the pyramids. I'm like, that's deep. Mm. That's deep. Egyptology. You look at Earth, Wind, and Fire's album covers, they were always talking, Maurice White was always talking about our heritage and our culture to, to the Egyptian, to the um, Egyptology and mysticism and what the signs resonate on albums like All in All and I Am and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. it was deeper than just the music. They were sending a message. Whereas Parliament was all about the party. They were sending a message, but it wasn't in the realm of what Earth, Wind & Fire was doing. George was all about being silly and being funny and just kind of dropping a gym in them every now and then. But everything was all about the funk. You know, mm-hmm. I know what you can do. Let me lay some funk on you. Like, that's just, it was just like a whole vibe. So mm-hmm. I got all of that from the album cover way before I even listened to the whole album. I'm, 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 like, I'm like 11 or 12 at this time. So I'm now starting to understand what Parliament Funkadelic was all about. And I told my mother, I looked at her at 13 years old. I said, mm. Mom, one day I'm going to meet George Clinton. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join the P-Funk Army. And my mother really believed it. So of course, you know, stands the reason some odd 15 something years later, my, my manifestation came true. So it goes to show you, even with that, that's another lesson learned in that gym, but also mm-hmm. because I was able to analyze it for myself. And then once I analyzed it, all the OGs was like, 
yo, yo, Tony, you bring your nephew around more often. He knows his stuff for 12 years old. So that's the, yeah. that's the whole reputation of being a historian. You know, that's why me and Quest Love have so much in common because mm-hmm. pretty much you know, we know each other. It was more so like we grew up in the same kind of environment. You yeah. Know? Because, you know, people don't realize Quest Love's father is a legend too. Do I sing? Yeah, so he had mentioned know. that. I, I remember him mentioning that on one of his lives. And I yeah. had, me and me and Google have a tight relationship because I'm like, he's related to who? And then I looked that up and I'm like. Oh, no, no, it's, it's for real. It's for real. Wow. It's real. Absolutely deep. And so now, Law, you're out there and you are establishing yourself and people are taking you seriously of your gift. Like, you're just not, not that person that's just like, you'll pick up a guitar. I mean, you're multi- talented in so many different instruments like i'm going through all of your your videos that you post up and i'm going oh my gosh what can he not play (laughs) because you're just you're just so talented so how many instruments do you play are you self-taught i mean when you give your all in these instruments it's like there ain't no way this man was like somebody taught him i mean maybe just how to hold the instrument but that's all you behind those instruments. Like you can tell if somebody's had lessons and then, you uh-huh. know, they continue to practice with them. And you can tell that somebody taught themselves because they have an ear for sound. They tweak it up. They make it their own. And uh-huh. I mean, I, I see you as one of those people that you just made it be your own. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong when it goes to that stance. You are absolutely correct. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely self-taught without question. But see, here's the thing you gotta understand about being self-taught. Even when you're self-taught, you still got teachers. Because keep yeah. in mind, before I, any of my heroes, personally, they were teaching me. Mm-hmm. Like Lionel Richie could tell you the story I told him when he, when he saw my brother in Vegas, and my older brother was like, you know, Mr. Richie, you gotta understand. Lawrence used to wake up nine o'clock in the morning trying to walk like you. Like, you know, you know, you know Lionel got that, that, that big yep. baby. Lionel. He always said that, 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 that line. I, I call it the Lionel lean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he oh, does. Oh, oh, oh. And, the Lionel and lean, my, that's so good. And my, and my brother used to, my, my brother reminded Lice that you understand, um, Lionel, my brother was committed to walking like you, singing yeah. like you, you know, moving like you. So the thing is just that, Lionel was te- way before me and him became close. Lionel was already teaching. Same thing with mm-hmm. new kids on the block. Jordan had this one thing that he would do on in a step-by-step video, and his point game was, was always vicious. This is about as good as uh, Velvet mm-hmm. DeVos' point game, but their point game is notorious. And the thing is, it's like I learned all these things from my heroes way before I got close to them. So every yeah. self-taught musician or artist has teachers. Now, of course, mm-hmm. in my personal circle, I mean, of course, my, my legendary grandfather. What couldn't I have not learned from him? You know, yeah. I, I sat up, I, he's my first guitar hero. Way before Prince and Ernie Isley and Hendrix, way before I discovered them, my first guitar hero is my legendary grandfather. So, of mm-hmm. course, when he wasn't traveling the world and he would come to New York, he would show me certain things. You know, like I said, well, trying try to do this and that, that. But, of course, he wasn't always around. So, of course, me being self-taught was always the main objective because I'm gonna yeah. take I'm, I'm a fast learner. I'm gonna take what you learn from me, what I learn from you, and I'm gonna apply it. That's why to this day I love watching other guitar players because it's almost like whether they're younger than me or even old, older than me, because mm-hmm. you pick up certain things. I love to hear tones. I love to hear the way they approach a solo, what they because you could always tell what their style is or what their upbringing might have been. Because every guitar player, there is no right or wrong way to play your instrument. Not even just guitar, but even drummers and bass players and keyboard players and stuff like that so i literally got insight by learning and then of course you know when when your grandfather is a blues r&b soul legend yeah celebrities celebrities come to your house so of course i had the pleasure of meeting one of my other direct guitar heroes by the name of albert collins the great albert collins mm-hmm. the master of the telecaster where stevie ray vaughn and all those guys get their style from. Mm-hmm. so my thing is that you know, Uncle Albert used to be in my house. And he said, he's like, hey, Albert, just like you, you don't play with a pick either. I've been trying to get lost. He said, yeah, Sam, I tell you, man, everybody don't play with a pick. Keep it going, youngster. So for me, at, at 12, 13 years old, to get that co-sign from the legendary Albert Collins. I mean, that and, had to you know, be the highest, that had to be the highest compliment of the honor at 13. It's, it's the highest compliment. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is just that, for me, it's always been a matter of making my my, my teachers proud. So even the yeah. ones who I'm close to, even the ones who I haven't even met, 
as of yet. So the thing is, is for me, it's an honor. Like I, we did a corporate gig and Paul McCartney joined us on stage. I tried wow. everything in the world not to lose my cool. I'm like, and mind you, because he's my favorite Beatles. So for yeah, me, it yeah. was like, wow. And then he said, hey guys, can I sing with y'all? No, Paul, don't sing with us. We don't, we, we don't need you up here. And I had a five minute conversation because you know, as soon as he got all, they tried to whisk him away. We talked for like a good five minutes. And I had to let him know, I said, sir, Sergeant Pepper is the re is another reason why I created Planet 12 because the whole color scheme behind the album, mm -hmm. Lucy the Sky with Diamonds, and just the abstract way they went about doing their music after all the early stuff that they had did. It was on the psychedelic thing that they were doing. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to bring that to hip hop too, as well as some of the other my other heroes in hip hop. So mm -hmm. for me, once I met my heroes like Big Daddy Kane, who knew my uncle before before we even knew each other. So my thing is like, for me. It's really about honoring your heroes. Grammys are cool, nominations are cool, you know, but nothing beats the adulation or the respect or the co-sign I get from the men and the women who influence my singing, my mm -hmm. rapping, my playing, and mainly because of the fact that I play everything except for horns. I, mm -hmm. I can write horns, I can dictate what I want the horn players to play, but I have respect for all horn players because that requires a lot of breath that I'd rather use for my singing. Right. But everything else I pretty much play in addition to And um, you're rapping. Phone. And you're rapping. Let's put and some respect on your rapping because you're good. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Let's you. put some respect on your rapping. So you 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 are, like I said, just a bunch of jack of all trades when it comes to your instrumental uh gifts. You sing, you rap, uh people are take seeing your talents. The cool and amazing thing is that you had the honor and privilege of being one of the backup singers for the late great Amy Winehouse that we lost way too soon. Um, I will say this about Amy, is that she is one of those vocals that captured my attention when I heard Frank. And oh, I didn't I didn't know she, I mean, just, right? Because everybody's like, oh, Back to Black, you know, that was her first album and it came out. I'm like, no, you, you, gotta, nope. you gotta dig deep into the Rolodex of Amy Winehouse. She's got, you know, I, I, when I heard Frank, I was like, okay, she's got to have more music out. And this was before she dropped Back to Black in 2006. And I, I was looking all of her music up and in some of the sessions that she had and the videos that she put up. And I'm like, whew, her vocals are out of this world. Because, you know, as you were talking a little bit about the Beatles, the British invasion and, and that whole element that was going on for so many years no. because all these incredible British artists I mean, they were literally legit and her in the element of her vocals, her stage presence, you being there and having the, having the opportunity to be part of the backup uh, singers. How did that connection take place, uh, Law, when all of that happened? I mean, that had to be just a incredible moment for you. Um, well, to give that history, I mean, first and foremost, um, Amy Winehouse, rest in peace, my incredible little sis. I, I try not to get emotional when I talk about her because I was in the thick of when things were first starting to come underway for her mm -hmm. in terms of her getting recognized and, and learning from, from a lot of that. But um, here's the thing. You know, when I first got to know Amy was through a friend of mine by the name of Al Street incredible guitar player. We do a lot of corporate, as most of my fans know, I, I do a lot of corporate gigs mm -hmm. um, in, in, um, in, in this U.S. of A. and all, all, all over the world. Right. And the thing about corporate gigs is that it brings you in line with some of the most incredible people who love music the way you do, but now we get to play these weddings and bar mitzvahs and all this different stuff, and we get to play all styles of music. It's a lot mm -hmm. of education involved where we can literally go from singing rock and pop to like we, we, we do Jewish music. So mm -hmm. the crazy thing is that me and Al used to always hang out after the show, just talking music before we had to go back to our prospective homes. So one day, a friend of his by the name of Neil Sugarman, now that name might sound familiar to you mm -hmm. if you're anything about the infamous, the incredible, the late, great Sharon Jones and the yep. Dap Kings. Dap Kings. Interestingly mm -hmm. enough, Sharon grew up with my uncle, Tony, who I mentioned earlier. They grew mm -hmm. up together in Fort Green, in Brooklyn. Don't you go anywhere. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast will be right back after a brief pause to hear from our sponsor. One of the amazing things that I love to do with my time, I love working out and serving in the community. And through that time, I have met some amazing people and I have met some extraordinary kids. 
And the one thing, believe it or not, that kids love and ask for is books. Because many of them, I found that they, they absolutely love reading, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I am so proud that I've met an incredible man uh, by the name of Trevor Romaine. And he is an author. He's an illustrator that has the most amazing, amazing literature for kids and for educators and for teachers, as well as parents. You have to check out his books. You have to check out his digital downloads. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. If you go to trevorromain.com, uh, T-R-E-V-O-R-R-O-M-A-I-N, no E at the end.com, check out all of his materials that he has, all his books, all his literature and digital downloads. You can save 15%. All heard that listeners, if you check it out, save 15% at the end of your checkout. Use the code heard that, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T, and save 15%. You, I'm telling you what, it is some of the best materials out there that can help children and families become happier, healthier, and more confident. So use the code heard that, save 15% off at trevorromaine.com today. And welcome back to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. See how it all connects? Wow. Would have never known. I would have never knew the history behind that. Right. So Neil Sugarman had a corporate party himself, but their lead singer bailed out on it. So Al Street recommended me to Neil and his guys. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's like, well, how much does James, how much does Law know about James Brown? It's like, oh, you ain't seen Law before. Law does the splits and everything. Like he he knows that whole James mm-hmm. thing. So I got hired for the gig. I killed it. And I gave them my cards. I had to leave. I couldn't really stay for the whole thing. I had to leave. I said, listen, guys, I love playing with y'all. Here's my card. If y'all ever need me for any gigs outside of what I'm doing, great. So about a month done passed, I get a phone call from this guy named Ray. For those who don't know, Ray Corsbit was Amy's manager. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, hey, Law, how you doing, man? Um, this, this is Ray. You know, I said, nice to meet you. He said, well, you may not know me, but um, I've heard a lot of incredible things about you, courtesy of my friends, Al Street and some of the other guys. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's out here. Say, well, listen, I have an offer for you. Um, we have this artist, you know, her name is Amy Winehouse, and she's going to be making her American debut on David Letterman. And, you know, we've seen your work. We went to MySpace. Yes, MySpace. I still have my MySpace profile. I was like, we have seen your work. And you work with George Clinton, too? I was like, yes. I've been doing a lot of work with Enema Squad and 420 Front Mob, and I actually produced for George himself. So my thing is like, oh, wow. So he's like, oh, no, no. So I'm like, you know what? Well, um, let us know if you're interested. And I said, well, I'm going to call you right back. Let me, let me, let me go in and talk to my agent. Now, I'm going to keep it real with you. There was no damn agent. The reason why I told them that I had to give them, you know, give me time to think was because at that particular point in time, mm-hmm. I was at the point of my career where I had to be very careful about who I sang background behind or who I played behind. Because at right. this point, Law, Planet 12, it, it, it became my ultimate marketing strategy. Remember, mm-hmm. the record label was fronting on me, so I had to make myself a valuable commodity at mm. that particular point. So when you make yourself a valuable independent commodity as an indie artist, you have to be careful about who and what you attach your name and your brand to. At that point, I had opened up the Shaka Khan, who's like family to me, mm-hmm. you know, and I had worked with, um, I'm trying to think of who else I worked with at that point, um, Freddie Jackson, Melissa mm-hmm. Morgan. I worked mm-hmm. with some of the greats already. And I'm just like, okay, I don't know who this Amy Winehouse chick is, but let me do my research. Yeah. Of course, I go to my trusty computer, <laughs> Amy Winehouse. And the first thing that came up was a song called Fuck Me Bumps. Mm-hmm. From the Frank out. So I sat there, watched the video, and got her within the first 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. I said, hairdo, Ronnie Spector, the Ronettes, I yep. see it, the beehives. Then the jazzy part of her voice. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. Dino Washington, very Ella Fitzgerald. I hear that too. Then the beat behind the jazzy way that she's singing. While telling a story. Yeah, while telling mm-hmm. the story. Mm-hmm. It's not, when you see the title of Fummy Pumps, it's not what you think it is. It's really, yep. it's really a, a cautionary tale. So yeah. I'm getting Lauren Hill vibes now at this point. Mm-hmm. Lauren Hill, but then also I can tell she's a diehard hip hop head. 
Yep. I got all that within the 15 to 20 seconds of hearing her in that video. I picked up the phone immediately and called Ray back and said, yes, I will be glad to sing back up and mm -hmm. dance. Right? He said, see your dance moves too. So, you know, the other guys got some choreography. So whatever you want to bring to the table choreography-wise, bring that with you too. Mm -hmm. And the rest is history. The guy, I'm still close to the band to this day. We're still, my, my boy, my boy, um, Zylon, shout out to Zylon, who's on tour right now in Dubois, doing great things. We have some great things that we're going to be planning um, to celebrate Amy for next year. That's my, that's my little brother to this day. You that's know, so we all got close with each other. And of course, David Letterman, I knew, we, I knew we were making history, but I didn't know to what extent until the two days after that thing aired. And it was almost like, wow, this is going to be one hell of a ride. Because what I want people to know about Amy is Amy knew her shit. She was mm -hmm. not your average 24, 25. This, this girl knew her music. One of the greatest conversations I had with her was when we were doing the, um, the MTV Movie Awards. This is mm -hmm. when us, Jay-Z, and Rihanna. So I'm living it up. You can you tell how I feel. I found it up. It was a mama I made it moment, definitely. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if I am on my own merit because I chose to support an artist who I thought was great and could lead the charge for artists, more artists like us. Mm -hmm. She was definitely that girl, you know, between her and definitely Bruno Mars a little bit later. Like, these are the artists who I knew. God forbid, if I don't attain that part of it, they're going to be the ones to keep that portal open for the guys and girls like myself. Like yeah. That part. The whole I part like that you that. said, I like that what you said, Law, and that's so important because I'm going to have people in the, uh, on YouTube watch this as well as listening on all platforms on the podcast when you said that you took the time to do the research because many of these artists out there and up and coming artists um, want to jump into a project and don't do the research. They think, you know, automatically, ooh, dollar signs, get my foot in the door without doing the homework first. And see, you can be a talented artist, you can rap, you can sing, you can do whatever, do all those things. But if you don't take the time to do the research and find out who, what, what kind of contract you're signing, and where you're putting your name at, I mean, you could be one of those artists that, you know, is either a one-hit wonder or a no-hit wonder because ain't nobody's going to hear about you because you're jumping into projects that you shouldn't be jumping in. So I think that was a valuable gem that you dropped about uh, doing your research. And to make it even better, you were saying that you didn't have an agent at the time. You did have an agent. It was called your intuition. Well, even more so, and it's add on, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because at the end Amen. of the day, Amen. Gotta remember, because you gotta remember, God can open doors that you can't open. That's right. I would say, trust Him. Give, yes. Always say, do your best. Do your best, and let God handle the rest. Because the universe knows you can't cheat the grind. Mm -hmm. Another one of my favorite scriptures, because I'm very spiritual. I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual. One of the scriptures is also, "Faith without works is dead." Mm -hmm. I can sit here and believe God all day and be like, hey, God, bless me with a record, da, 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 whatever. And if I'm not out here hustling and putting in the work, God ain't moving on my behalf. He's like, mm -hmm. um, son, this is not how it works. You have to do some things. You're going to have to do things that you're not because there's going to be days where you're not going to want to get out of your bed and mm -hmm. do shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's, yeah. that's the other part of it that we don't talk about often because anybody who's been following me for the last 15 years and even longer than that if you count all of the years going back to knowing my family mm -hmm. they can tell you law been putting in networks since he was like seven to eight we knew he was going to be something we knew that he was going right. to make these these moves in the industry and, and make things happen but the thing is is that you got to make things happen god's going to do what he's going to do because he is he is that guy trust mm -hmm. me that. but mm -hmm. you have to get out and put in the work to make these things happen because god's mm -hmm. not it's not no alakazam here you go because before you know it God's going to open a portal. And a lot of times you're going to be tried and tested. And if yeah. you don't know how to pass those simple tests, God can't even bless you until you, until you even get away from certain people in, in your environment. Because not everybody because is like, supposed to be in your circle. Tell and, it, and, teach. And everybody's not there. So going back to what I said about Amy is that I already knew, I felt it in my spirit because Amy could have got anybody to sing back up behind. But she chose me, mm -hmm. you know? They brought, they brought my, my MySpace profile and all that stuff to their attention. It opened doors for me 
that no man can close. And once once right. God opens the door, no man can close it. So for me, it, it was really about okay, continue treating people right. That's number. That's the first thing, number one. Yeah. You being resilient, and like we just said before, to, to um to include on what you to to impound on what you're saying. Started to show that self approved because my thing was that even at 15. Yeah, my roots are R&B, gospel, and funk, and all those things. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but guess what? I didn't want to limit myself, because the minute I would have said, I'm an R&B artist, mm -hmm. I just put myself in a box. Because right. now all they're going to want to hear from me is, R&B, 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 yeah! Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't get me wrong. That's my roots. I could sing R&B all day, hello. But guess what? That's not all I do. And see, I learned, see, I learned my power in being a multifaceted person early. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I learned it early. Yeah. Some people don't learn it for years later. I learned it early. I knew the power of me being able to jump on drums and guitar and be able to write my songs and produce without help and all that kind of stuff. Because mm -hmm. even though I love Michael Jackson, my first primary hero, this is why Prince and Stevie Wonder became my ultimate top two. Because there is no genre personification to any of their catalogs. Right. Especially Especially Stevie Wonder. That's very Wonder, true. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's Prince's hero. Yeah. So think about that for one second. Stevie Wonder can do a reggae song like Master Blaster Jamming and then do an island pop song with a message like Pastime Paradise. Mm -hmm. And then turn right around and just get downright funky with I Wish or yep. Superstition. Yeah. That's the kind of, no, here's a better one for you since you, I know you're a Stevie fan. Mm -hmm. And then could just go straight classical and do Village Ghetto Land. Would yep. you like to go with me? Mm -hmm. I'm like, and he's, it's, it's no bass, it's just a string ensemble with right. his voice. That blew my mind at 11 years old, even though that mm -hmm. album was, the, al the album came out when I was born. So I didn't know, I didn't know the thing. So I'm yeah. that more so, that taught me very early. Don't put me in no box. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to do any style of music that speaks to my heart. Now, of course, when fans, I also fans, you know, when fans buy my records, they know, of course, you're going to get the real hip hop. You're going to get the funk. The funk is going to always be present no matter what I, even if I do a right. whole message, the funk is going to, like you said earlier, because that, that was a main part of my mission because I felt like funk was only existing through hip hop samples and people kept forgetting. So thank God for groups like Mint Condition. Now you understand why Mint Condition, Tony 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 and Joe Public and some mm -hmm. of the other bands that came out, they were very vital to me because mm -hmm. I got see guys that were picking up instruments while everybody else is just running to a computer. So I'm like, well, what if we just do both? Why, do, why can't I just do both? You're right. So having that diversity gave me an edge over a lot of the people in my local music environment because mm -hmm. we would do these shows and they would do like your typical R&B stuff, Never Too Much by Luther Vandross, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Outstanding by the Gap Band. I'm just like, so what? Y'all don't, don't do Poison by Belva DeVoe? Y'all don't do Mama's Tita by Truth. <laughs> and my thing is that y'all leaving my generation out like we don't have a voice. Right. So I knew on that, me and my boys knew on that scene, we had to come with it. So basically, it was like, we're not just going to give you those songs. We're going to give you the original routines. Now you see when I dance the way I like we do. Because yep. we, don't, we don't cheat it. We're not going to give you no whack. We ain't going to do the, whack, the same whack-ass moves mm -hmm. every time. We're going right. to give you the video. We're going to make you feel like you're watching the video. Because the whole point... Was, that's what made those groups dope to us to begin with. Mm -hmm. So and it's anyway, such a, it's such a yeah. treat for the fans too with you because you do post your videos on there, and it takes me back to a certain time. It's like okay, this is he's showing along with the people that are dancing with him why I fell in love with R and B, why I fell in love with pop music, why I fell in love with rock, with jazz. Um, yes, and we talked about this before going on live that you have new music coming out and this is so exciting. So talk about the music yeah. you got coming out because I know you're going to give the fans what they want for sure. Well, funny that you said that last, that last phrase you said, give the fans what they want. Well, here's a little, here's a little doozy for you, not for you, but just in general. Yeah. This new album coming out in December called Humanity 101. This is my social political album. Mm. Anybody who's been following me long enough I have my moments as a son of a Black Panther mother. It is my obligation to always speak power to the truth and truth to the power. That mm -hmm. part will never change about me. I'm mm -hmm. militant as it gets because I've never said I didn't love her. Oh, you hate America? I said, no, no. I love America. I just hate what it's built on. Because what we're going to do, we're not going to dilute the truth. We're not going to sweep the truth under the rug like they exist. So I go on along 
waving that flag in the words of John Fogarty, I'm not the fortunate son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? So for yeah. me, it's a difference in terms of doing that because I felt like during the pandemic, I'm watching the same stuff still happening. Marvin Gaye created the greatest the greatest R&B pop album of all time, which is what's going on. Still mm-hmm. relevant today. Mm-hmm. 40-something years later, and that song, Inner City Blues alone, the relevancy is there. What he said, crime is increasing, trigger-happy policing. We're still dealing with it. Yeah. We're still dealing with it. 40, 50-something years later, we're still, Marvin was prophetic in that way. We're still doing with it. Mm-hmm. Bills pile up, sky high, send that boy off to die. It's still happening. Makes me want to holler the what? The way they do my life. So I'm I'm sitting home during the pandemic like everybody else. And I'm just like, you know what, Law? For the last three albums, you know, you do the same general, which is good, not, not boring general, but say you mm-hmm. do the same pretty much standard. I love you, baby, girl be mine, you're sexy with your heels on. Um, and then you spit lyrical fire, having good wordplay, showing how dope you are with words and hip hop yeah. stuff. It's time. Your fourth album should be an album that even some of your most respected fans are not expecting. So it usually began as an EP. It's going to be a five song thing. And then of course, through the course of the year and a half, Mm -hmm. coming out the pandemic, even though we're still kind of dealing with it, Mm -hmm. the album wrote itself, ended up being 10 songs. So this album is especially how fitting on today, like a day on election day, one of the songs I have on my album is a song called Politicians Are Not God. So in this realm of me talking about, um, you know, the supremacy of our government and different things that probably some people don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my white fans, they're with me. They're like, we want to hear this time. We can't wait. So that made me feel good. So I said, okay, because here's the thing. Anybody that's known me long enough, this is not a hatred album. This is just a supreme thought in mind from the perspective of a black man who gets along with everybody. Right. My people come, my people come first without question. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that. Mm-hmm. But humanity one-on-one is to give you the perspective of how I see the world and all of its changing factors on a social and political level. So I can promise you this album is not for the week. We talk, we tell the truth on this record. So right. if, if, if I told already one month, I said, listen, for those who ain't kind of feeling where I'm going with this record, from the first single that's out right now, America's Deception, I put it out a couple of months ago. It's doing really well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, people, when I went to the New Kids, um, New Kids on the Block cruise, some of my fans like, I love no, the that, Those videos were fire. Those <laughs> videos were crazy. And, and it's like, you know, to, have, to, have, to have my fans come up to me saying, I love America's Deception, that means they listen to the lyrics. I'm like, mm-hmm. you see what the song is about. So that made me feel good in knowing that I don't give a damn if the squares don't understand. It ain't, it ain't yeah. for you. It's not for people who are not who are not mentally enslaved to this concept about political parties and how they feel we should subscribe to that. That's why I said mm-hmm. politicians are God, because the minute we start, the minute we stop subscribing to that BS is mm-hmm. the minute that we will all see the definition of what humanity is that made this country great for a minute. Because in all honesty, America was never great from the end, from the start. It wasn't. So my mm-hmm. thing is just that I'm here to kind of counter the, the bullshit rhetoric about what it means to be an American and what it means to speak to the heart of the issue and while us as black people are still dealing with these with these issues. So um, this album is definitely gonna be very heavy message wise, lyrical wise, mm-hmm. but guess what? The funk is still there, the mm-hmm. R&B is still there. Um, there's gonna be some jazz, I'm even doing spoken word on this record. So this is gonna be one of definitely a, 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 a deep album for me for those who are ready to learn the truth through a musical introspective. So I, I, I can't wait for y'all to hear it. I mean, the first thing was out right now. I'm releasing my second single the week after next. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah. See, if Booked and Busy was a person, <laughs> that, that is definitely you. That is definitely you for sure. That is amazing. Last thing that I want to ask you, Law, we got, we're in November. This year has gone by so fast. Uh, as you uh-huh. said, literally we are still in a way in the pandemic, like just because we're out of 2020 and the world is open up again, there's still some restrictions. There's still some cautions uh, as far as everything that if basically we can call it the new normal. 2023 yeah, is almost around the corner. 
I've asked this on my guests when I started this journey two years ago and it was going into the new year. So I'm going to ask you, what is your hope for 2023? Oh, that's easy. Um, more love, more peace, more knowledge, more wisdom, more understanding. That's for everybody. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways, it shouldn't take natural disasters and epidemics to teach us how to love and respect one another. Mm -hmm. My model has always been, you don't know anybody until you sit down and actually kick it with them. Mm -hmm. That's why this Kyrie Irving situation has me in an uproar with a lot of different things. And I'm not gonna get into that here, but just to understand that now you got people judging other people based upon a documentary or a movie that can either speak about the origins of a person or where that, I said, listen, only a person that knows who they are should be able to define themselves. But once we get somebody who wasn't even meant to be a centerpiece in the situation, it becomes topsy-turvy. A lot mm -hmm. of people have different, mind you, everybody has different opinions. Everybody has a right to their opinions. I'm not, right. here, I'm not here to persuade anybody. But what I am gonna say is that a lot of people are spewing in the form of hate against different people that they don't really know nothing about outside of what's been taught to them. And that could have been by the perspective of another person. So we don't even know if that person was even telling the truth about that person. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Yeah. Because you don't know that. I used to ask that question all the time. There was one time, I'm going to give you the story to kind of help you out. Watch this. This is my nephew. Now, my nephew, um, you know, his, his, his auntie grew up, you know, raised him as a you know, Muslim. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm all for inclusiveness and everything else. Mm -hmm. So... I remember we were in a car going to, um, I think we were going to Manhattan, and it was something being said. I think we had the 10, 10, you know, 10, 10 wins on or something like that. And then my nephew, he's only 15. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind. He's like, yeah, man, you know, these Jews, man. I don't know about these Jews. I, I can't say. And I looked at him like, really? He's like, yeah, man. He said, well, let me ask you a question. What, what don't you like about me? I'm kidding. I'm like, what, what don't you like about you? Well, you know, you know, Uncle, just to, you know, the whole this, 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 this God epitome thing that, that some of these, that I said, well, hit keyword. What did you say? So I said, well, which one is it? Is it all Jews or is it some Jews? Well, you know, I can't, I said, let me stop it right there. He tried to deny, he couldn't really. I said, let me, ask, mm -hmm. let, me ask, let me ask you another question. And I put this question actually on, on my Facebook, and very few people had answers. See, I'm the mm -hmm. kind of person, if you're going to talk all this stuff about what our people need to do to unify, and I ask you a real question, you can't circle around it. It's either right. yes or no. Mm -hmm. Don't try to come with some other stuff and try to throw me off my course of what I ask you. When right. I speak, very, I'm a former school teacher. When I speak, I'm very clear and concise when I speak. Mm -hmm. So I asked them, I said, well, let me, let me give you a scenario real quick. Let's say you were on a boat and your boat was spitting to drown. You didn't have long to be on this boat. And a ship walked and a ship passes by. In that manner, let's say you sit up for help, like with a flare gun, and you were able to get the attention of a ship or another person that happened to be in a speedboat, and they actually saw your flare gun or saw you. And they come by where your boat is, and they extend a hand to you, and they just happen to be Jewish. You mean to tell me that you're not going to take their hand to be rescued? Or are you going to sit, or are you going to stand on your ground and be like, I hate you so fucking much. I'd rather die with this boat. And I'm going to say, if you pick number two, with all due respect, you got to be the most ignorant, stupid motherfucker on the face of this mm -hmm, earth mm -hmm. to do that. Because what God was trying to show you is tolerance and acceptance. Mm -hmm. Because how would we feel? And mind you, us as black people, we've always been set. Take me back to that um, Trading Places movie. Even though it's a movie, but of course, yeah, what's yeah. that part? I want to prove to you nothing's wrong with him. And what the, what the brother said, of course there's something wrong with him. He's a Negro. Probably been stealing since he could crawl. It's the same stereotype. So then when we turn around and do the same shit, it's not making that situation no better because we don't right. even know these people or know anything of a caliber of what's being done. So when you ask me about what I want to see more of, I want to see more people doing research, especially white people. I want to see more of my, a lot, my wife fans research. That's why I'm, I'm, I mess with them. They know. They, mm -hmm. they be like, hey, Lord, I looked up what you was talking about. And yo, it's a, see what I mean? They, they're not afraid to say I didn't know. 
You understand what I'm saying? They're not afraid yeah. to say that. Same thing with most of my black folk because it ain't just a white thing either because there's a lot of our people mm-hmm. that are very ignorant to a lot of things that they don't know about. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, that's why I said, more knowledge, more education, more wisdom in part to kind of learn and to be accepting of each other and learn people's stories. Right. It's harder for me because I've had some of my some of my very best friends who I've worked with in the industry for 20 years and 30 years are Jewish. And if we talk about black, if we go to talk about a black versus white thing, I'm the first person to say, without question, I've been more done dirty in this business by my own mm. than other people I've worked with that were of other races of quality. That's why I always come with the same standard. I don't care if you're black or white, straight, gay, whatever, whatever your thing is, Greek, whatever. You respect me, I respect you. Mm-hmm. Period. If you have love for me, I have love for you. Shit, we can sit down and have a cup of coffee and actually have a real conversation about maybe certain things that you grew up with that I, that I probably may never have no clue about. Mm-hmm. Two, of my, two of my other Jewish friends, their grandmothers left Germany in, in fear of not being drafted for the Holocaust. You don't know a person's story. Right. They left them no money. But yet we think all Jews are rich. See what I'm saying? But that's the mm-hmm. stereotype. That's the whole yeah. mind concept of, we think these guys, I'm like, no, I mean, granted, there are some that are, and, I'm like, and every Jew's not an asshole. It's like every black ain't no fucking thief. Mm-hmm. Every black ain't no fucking dog. Yeah. So my thing is just that, how does that work? Nope. The part of the problem is because we don't have a lot of understanding and we don't take the time to sit down. So when I get that serious to my yes. uncle, to my nephew, he learned a lot that day. To this day, he still thanks me. He said, yo, yo, uncle, thank you so much for kind of showing me because I was getting caught up in the whole. I'm like, yeah, you got to remember. I said, you're still 15, nephew. Mm-hmm. You're going to meet all kind of people in this walk of life. Yeah. Get out your circle. Don't, if you're in your circle too long, you ain't learning nothing. All you've seen is the same people. I got, I got people in my old neighborhood that never left St. Mark's. Can, can you believe that? That never left the hood. And down south don't count because everybody got family down south. <laughs> down south don't count. <laughs> right. And Jersey don't count because it's right next door to New York. So my thing yeah. is I tell you all the time, travel and get to see the world mm-hmm. and learn about people and cultures. Now, my thing is that if they disrespect you or you find something that you don't, you ain't really feeling and you don't like, then right. you speak on it. But, my, but other than that, find the information first. Mm-hmm. Then talk your shit. Don't just run after people because you're not agreeing with something that happened to an athlete or a celebrity because we don't even know. Yeah. No matter what's being spoken about or what's being said. I don't, I don't want to make too much of it about that situation, but that's just mm-hmm. an example of what I want to see more of 2023. is people starting to sit together and doing their research. That's why I made it very clear. Not just white people. I want some of my black folks to do their research too, because a lot of people nice. just like to press on clickbaits and go to YouTube mm-hmm. and get with a fake, a fa- I call them Facebook philosophers. They want to sit there all day and talk all this stuff. I'm like, did you even check where the credit's coming from? How are you going to sit here and diss right. a corporation ran by race? And then the thing is, is that the phone that you're using right now, I can guarantee you that it ain't it ain't owned by no black. Unless, unless you prove me wrong, it ain't mm-hmm. owned by no black person. So my thing is that while you sitting there talking mess, yeah. you're not even to the advantage to say, you know what? Let me make sure that I'm learning more about this situation before yeah. running my mouth. Because mm-hmm. I'm sitting here trying to go against people, and you don't realize the same person you may work for they may be a part of that family and be like, you know what? I don't like what this person said. Mm-hmm. That's very disrespectful because what you may not feel is disrespectful. Maybe yeah. we have freedom of speech. Everybody has freedom of speech, but guess what? Freedom of speech is also knowing that certain things don't have to be said. There's a lot of shit right now that I can say on social media right now that I have people like, damn, Lord, you said that? And mind you, you know that. I'm pretty raw with it. I'm very yeah. raw with a lot of stuff. But I'd be like, y'all should be afraid of what I don't say. Because if I said some other stuff, y'all guys would probably be like, wow, that's mm-hmm. pretty. But I'm not stupid. I'm not going to sit there. Because I'm like, well, first of all, even if it's my thought, I'm not going to sit there and use that as a platform to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. And it's a waste of time. I'd rather speak about people coming together and learning and understanding one another and doing the education and knowledge on themselves. Knowledge itself right. is just about knowing who you are, where you come from, and where you're going. That's so anyway, powerful. that's what no, that's, 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 that's that was powerful. That was that was that was powerfully said. That was needed to be said. And like I have said to you before, we came out there 
your 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 rawness, your realness. Um, you tell it like it is, and I think time. that's where people respect you so much for. Tell everybody because I want people to follow you on your social media. So drop those social media information so that people can follow you. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, on my Instagram and Twitter, it's at Planet Twelve Law. And of course, on my Facebook, you can find me at Law Planet 12 or the Law and the Planet 12 Movement um, Facebook group page. But in my personal um, Facebook, of course, is facebook.com slash Law Planet 12. There's my YouTube channel. As everybody knows, same thing, Law Planet 12. And also, of course, my music and albums are available on all platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Tidal, you name it. All your producers type in L asterisk, A asterisk, W or Planet 12 Law, and those things will come right up. Yeah, he is, he's up there. Like I said, and we talked about his resume speaks for itself. This was a music masterclass, a mindful masterclass, a soulful masterclass. Law, fam, thank you so much. Thank you. I respect thank you to the highest degree when it comes to you with your career, with your music, who you are, your intentions. Uh, you put so much good out there. That's why. You have such Thank a you. high core following because people see that. Um, people that are well-known in this industry, in this music industry, see that. Um, may your connections and these doors continue to open for you. Uh, doors you. that you don't even know yet, that you don't even know yet is going to be Thank open you. for you. So I'm excited for you. Uh, I look forward to connecting with you again. I look forward to meeting you in person. Uh, Absolutely. That's going to happen. I promise you. That's at some uh, point. God don't, make, God, don't make, God don't make mistakes. And most of my fans that waited 12, 13 years to see me when we did the New Kids on the Block cruise, that, that's the fans. I was, I was waiting to meet everybody. But yeah. I just wanted to meet those fans. Those are fans that have been rocking with me since I first got on Twitter. Since 2008, 2009. So mm -hmm. it was emotional for me to meet those people finally face to face. So I get you. So it's going to happen. God has a way of doing things that we can never understand. That's why I trust him and I don't never question him, you know? So good. That's so good. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching right now and listening right now. I appreciate it. And as I always end the show, take care, stay safe. We out of here. Yes, we are. <laughs> Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast, on Twitter at Lovely Marisa T, as well as Facebook on a social media page, Heard That With Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support.